Stocks podcast is brought to you by nothing but the greatest of the greatest. You best believe that, my G's. Hey, you need a criminal defense attorney? You slipped up? Peep game. We got you. You got our guy, Doug Sherrod. Doug Sherrod is a criminal defense attorney. Big dog shit. Matter of fact, bigger than big dog shit. You can reach him at KingKongLawyer.com. KingKongLawyer.com. He is our criminal defense attorney. He can be your criminal defense attorney. Reach out to him at KingKongLawyer.com. Hoodstocks Podcast is also brought to you by looking for some good quality cannabis. I mean, killer quality cannabis. Hit up the folks at Killer Kush. They specialize in bringing you the best quality available from OG to exotic. They got it all, baby. Hit them up at KillerCushCali at gmail.com or on IG at KillerCush underscore underscore 420 to find a location near you. If you're local to the LA area, you can find them here in the heart of East Los Angeles at East LA Exotics, located at 6009 East Olympic Boulevard. This podcast is also brought to you by Gutter Phenom out of Orange County, baby. Gutter Phenom is a lifestyle brand that is dedicated to supporting and inspiring individuals who are determined to achieve their dreams. Billy, we believe that no matter where you come from or what you've been through, with hard work and dedication, anything is possible. A portion of our proceeds are donated to organizations that provide vocational training for parolees and scholarships for those in need of drug and alcohol treatment. Jesus, who would have thought this is just a t-shirt? This is a clothing brand. Okay, visit Gutter Phenom and use the exclusive code HOODSTOCKS20 to receive 20% off your order today, baby. Yeah. Casey, is it game time? It's game time. Let's do this. Let's get this shit cracking then, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Welcome to HOODSTOCKS, baby. Sunday, early evening. Thank you for joining us. We got a banger for you right now. We got a banger. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. We love you guys, man, and we appreciate you guys tapping in with us, man. Hoodstocks for life, baby. You know how we do this shit. Let's go. of the studio up here in the comments i mean how many pizzas would we really get you think we get some pizzas hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're an og hell yeah i think so man i think so i think pizzas would show up and love would show up uh before any other bullshit would show up you know 100 percent. i mean everywhere i go in the city and i say this again i sound like a broken record sometimes man i'll be at a swap meet Somebody's neighborhood. I'll be at a liquor store, a supermarket. You know, man, love, 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 and I love you guys, man, and I appreciate it. And you guys, you guys will see me with my kids. 
and and, and you some I'll see some of the homies sometimes I'll be like, ah, he's with his kids, you know, should I should I go up to him? And, and, and they they will come up in the most respectful manner, and and they'll just give love. They'll get and, and then my kids are like, daddy. You're famous. <laughs> and I said, nah, I ain't famous, baby. These are just people that support what dad does when he goes and does his podcast thing because they know about the podcast. Yeah. And, and it's, it's embarrassing sometimes because sometimes my kids, you know, uh, they love their daddy. You know, so sometimes I'll be at a restaurant and, they'll be, and the waitress will come up and they'll be like, daddy, tell them about your podcast. My dad's got a podcast, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know they're they're they're, right. they're, they're six and seven going on seven and eight, so they're just like that. I, I, I man, it feel I'm like a rock star to these girls, man. That's the best thing. Yeah, I'm like a rock star, man, and and that's that's amazing. Or sometimes I'll be in the living room and I'll be packaging everybody's hats or shirts that you guys uh, purchased from us. Thank you so much. www.50racks.com. Place your order today. Um, and and my my little uh, Shyla Shyla. Her name is her first name is Freedom Rose, Shyla Freedom Rose, and um, she goes, Daddy, when I get old, when I want when I get older, I want to be just like you, and so she's a real, uh, she's a negotiator, she's a hustler, so the neighbors were having a yard sale out there, and then we had a box of stuff in our living room right now, and it's good stuff, bro. You know that's you know gonna get given away, right? You some, right. A lot of times we just put it in front of the house, bro, and we and the neighbors will grab it or whatever, you know, whatever, and so Shyla was like. Daddy, they got some stuff over there that I want, you know, at the yard sale. And she goes, how about if I take this box over there and I give them the box for the stuff that I want? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, baby, nah, let's just go there with money, love. They, they, try to, they need to get some money. They're trying to make some money, you know. And um, but it's just I see the way her little mind works. Yeah. And, and I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, That's just all by watching you. Watching me, bro. The kids watch, bro. Yeah. Yeah. They pay attention. They pay attention. <sighs> they pay attention. Um, today's podcast is also brought to you by Dying to See Me. Dying to See Me podcast. Shout out to my mm. boy Matt Montague. That's the homie right there. Hey, it's another podcast sponsoring this podcast. And he's the only podcast that I probably even negotiate that with because I love the homie. He's a good-ass fucking white boy. He's a good wood, and I fuck with him. That's the homie. He's a good time. He's the only dude that I can sit right here or just be get, get be getting fucked up. And he's a sober dude. You know, he doesn't do it no more because, you know, he's he's had some dark times with with some stuff. But anyways, dying to see me. Go to YouTube, subscribe, and uh, matter of fact, Droops Ricky just did an interview right there with him. I want to get K Nine over there next. K Nine, you down to go <laughs> next, bro? You down to do an interview over there? Okay, I'm gonna line that up. I'm gonna line that up because well, I already told him that you do it. <laughs> you got pimped out, bro. <laughs> Not pimped out, but I just said, "Hey, bro, you get K9 next." That's why I said, "Yeah." Yeah, let's do it. We well, already We're ready know for it. that van, bro. Yeah, Let, let's 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 take it over over here real quick. The camera over here. We got RJ from Gutter Phenom, Orange County in the casa. Say what up, my G. What up? How you doing, brother? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Good. This is so. This is a sponsor of the podcast, the homie GutterPhenom.com. He's out of Orange County. This dude has dope ass clothing and what he does in return uh, for you purchasing clothing from him is amazing. It goes to drug rehabs and just good, good brand, good company, good dude. Oh, thank you, man. Stoked to be here. Absolutely, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's get it back over here, Casey. Hey, I know you guys have uh, been anticipating this and a lot of people have been asking for this uh, follow-up interview. 
Everybody give it up for the OG Sleepy, a.k.a. Hector Lincoln Heights, baby. Let's go. Hector sounds funny. Hector sounds funny. I know. I, I used to be called Sleepy. <laughs> bro, I, I, I remember that. I remember when you said that, bro. You weren't yeah. used to it. Can you talk a little more into the mic, sir? Yeah, I wasn't used to it, you know. So when they called me Hector, I'd turn around, you know, it was funny to me. And I'd be like, oh, hey, what's up, you know? Yeah. It's like when some people call me my first name, bro. I turn around like, shit, where I know you from? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we know each other, yeah. bro. Yeah, they know your name. Like, where yeah. you from? Yeah, it's a different level. Like, and, and a lot of my boys that I've done, like, time with, that I was real close with, yeah. they'll call me my first name, you know? And it's like, oh, shit, I see you, fool. You know what I mean? Oh. And it's, a, it's love and shit, and that's just a different level of somebody knowing you. If you yeah, lived man. with a man, if you lived with a man in a cell or, you know, you just, you've known him for 30-plus years on the streets, you know, longer for you, right? Um, it's, it is what it is, man. That's when someone calls you their first name, they really know you. Yeah, yeah. How so? I, if you guys weren't tuned in for his first interview, if we can kind of like give like a some your first initial story up in a in a in a small nutshell. In a nutshell, thank you, sir. How would you say that for the people that don't know? Because you you came out from doing how much time? Twenty six. Twenty six years. On a hundred and five to life. On a hundred and five to life. Okay, twenty six years to hundred and five life. How long you've been out sleeps? One year. Homie's been out one year after doing 26 years. Sentenced to 105 to life. Since our interview, how has life been? It's been good. You know, I'm still working. I'm, I'm driving now. Got Ramfla. Okay. You know, the homie Joe. Yeah. When I went down there to Mecula, he goes, hey, I'm going to give you this uh, Mazda. Because uh, the van I'm going to give to my daughter, and I'll give you the Mazda. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know. And drove it back, and it does give you a little freedom, you know, an extra little time to get to one place to another. Because, you know, I was riding the bus, and if I miss one bus, it's like, damn, I'm late, you know. So that was good, you know. And So let's rewind the track real quick. Also, too, OG, talk a little more to the mic, sir. Oh, all right. Yeah, because I want, I want them to hear the... The girth of your voice. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, so if you guys don't know, we had a sleep uh, first interview. We, we try to raise them some money, and sometimes now we kind of in a position where we're getting better into a position where we can start offering the homies off the rip a little money out of our pocket, out of the platform pocket, right? You know, it's not much. We're like around $100 to be, keep it a buck with you guys, right? Um but my main thing is always like, well, let's we call this the community. So let's come together as a community. You know, you hear this man's story. And if you feel in your heart that you would like to contribute to his second chance, third chance, whatever the chance, his new life, new f- freedom, then please do so. You know, but no pressure. Nobody has to donate nothing. Right. right. If you feel in your heart. And so. I think we, I don't know how much money we raised. I wanted it to be more. I know that. I know the ones that we raised money and we raised a lot of money, you know? But, and I, and I was talking to the guys. I was like, man, we, we should, I wish we could have got him more money. And then Sleeps was like, he goes, Dick, we got him the car. So a dude calls in. His name's Joe, right? Joe. Joe calls in and tells, do you remember, the, and, and do you remember what he tells him, you? I ain't seen him since like the, maybe 
early 80s, late 70s, we used to play football. So he's like, hey, man, it's me, Joe. We will we play football. Remember, we used to go up to Lincoln. We used to be dressed, I put our pads on, we play football. And I was like, yeah, I remember him, you know, but I ain't seen that boy in like maybe 30 years. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I got a car for you. I got a van for you, homie. And I was like, cool. You know, at first I was like, yeah, right, you know. But he's like, he came through. He came through. So, so when you went up there, you had to go to Temecula? Yeah. Where's Temecula at? Somebody help me out. Down, down, down almost towards San Diego. Oh, towards San Diego? Yeah. Would it be still considered? 15. Is it Orange County or IE? IE. IE? Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, I think Riverside County, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Okay. But it was a good drive all the way down there. And um, jumped in the car, signed the paperwork, kicked it with him for a little while. And it was funny because he had his, uh, like his, a friend of his that just gotten out was kicking it with him. I think it was, I'm not sure, but he was he was kicking it with Joe. Joe was letting him stay at the pad because, you know, he had nowhere to go. Started chopping it up. Because, oh, yeah, I was in the joint. You know, I went to the prison. I go, is that right? Yeah. Where were you? You know, because it's a small world, homie, you know, so you know where you're at. Yeah. Oh, I was in uh, Sentinella, and I kicked it with camarada so-and-so. And I said, oh, is that right? Because I remember when he got jumped, only goes, yeah, because I was there. I got into the blows. I go, was that you running across the basketball court? He goes, yeah. <laughs> hey, homie, that's how small the world is, homie. And, you know, and he was like, yeah, that was me. I said, oh, yeah, I was on the other side of the yard, you know, because we had the fence. I go, yeah, because I seen all that, you know. He goes, yeah, that was me. I go, okay, you got caught up in that? He goes, yeah. Oh, all right, that's all I knew him. He thought he was safe out there in Temecula. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said that was you running across the basketball court screaming yeah. for Fucking see yo! <laughs> you know, he, he, was it he that was, type of thing, bro? No, he ran toward him, homie. Oh, he, he was, ran he toward was him. Backing up the homie. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. You know, I'm sorry. Because uh, I apologize, OG. They were jumping on him, so it was his camera. So oh, he ran across to get in it. You know, I got you. I, I thought it was the other way around. Oh no, no. Maybe I was, yeah, hope, I maybe was, I was hoping it was the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> it's a better story. I wouldn't. Even, I wouldn't even have mentioned that story. Over yeah, if he ran the other way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he, yeah. So that's you know what, bro. Some motherfuckers like that, those those OGs like yourself and, you know, cats that were raised up in the 90s and stuff, man, they, they just, uh, and I, there's probably a lot of youngsters too, bro, that run across the yard. But there's some cats that would see the distance of what's going on. They're like, ah, it's too far, man. I ain't ready yeah. over there. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fucking, uh, what do they call it when people are like speed walking? Power walking or something? Power walking. I'll power walk and I'll say, you know. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool, bro. And so, so when you went there, you saw Joe. I mean, w w how how was how was it seeing Joe? Like when you see his face, you recognize the yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, I seen him. Same kind of body structure, little panza. Yeah, you know, I'm like what's up? I mean, hugged him. We started talking about old days, you know, where he lived, where he kicked it at, and then um, he goes, "Oh, like you know, well, here's the car right here." You know, then we did the paperwork, and his daughter signed the car over to me, and all that. So, uh, is a Mazda? What kind of Mazda was it? It's a uh, 97 uh, Mazda Protege. Okay. It's a little, nice. little gas saver. Oh, there you go. Good. Yeah. yeah. Better than having, I mean, w would you prefer the, the van? No, I, that one was cool right there. Yeah. You know? And people really loved, I put, I clipped that up, bro. And uh, people loved that, bro. They yeah. loved just that in the reaction on your face. You were just like, yeah, like, yeah. what? Oh, shit. Yeah, I remember you. What? Oh, you gonna give me that? Like, yeah, it, 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 that was just a real like. 
I hate to use this word, but it was like mm. a it was like a magical, powerful moment in in what we do right here, man. And it was just cool to experience that, yeah, bro. You know, especially if, like you come from a world like us where it's this is me, that's that. You know, cut I ain't worried throat. about you. Yeah, cutthroat. You know, yeah. I, I get what I got. If I get get a come up, you know, I got you. And it's me, 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 me. And then for someone to say, here, here, you know. Because usually when someone gives you something back in the day, you're thinking, okay, there's strings attached to this, you know. He's going to want something later or, or, you know, what's going on. You know, because one of the first things they tell you, you go to prison, don't take nothing. You know, don't get nothing for free. Because ain't nothing for free. But when the homie did that, I was just like, wow. You know, it was new new to me. So I was just like, wow, I couldn't believe it, you know. Yeah, that was amazing. Shout out to Joe, man. Joe, we love you, man. Thank you, brother, for being a man of your word and coming through. Because we were just like, well, he an OG and he sounds like, he yeah. sounded like he was for reals about it. Like he wasn't bullshitting. And obviously he wasn't, bro. No, he wasn't. You, you hearing it today, huh? Yeah. Absolutely. That's dope, brother. That's Sleeps. Dope. Um, people want to know if you had your driver's license. Oh, yeah. I I got my driver's license like first month I got out. You know, I was over at Amity. And they'll take like 12 of us to the DMV because it's like right around the corner. What is Amity? What is that? Amity is a foundation for, it's a transitional housing where it means that guys that just get out, they'll stay there. So they can uh, decompress and transition back into society, because you know back in the day they give you two hundred, let you out, and you go back because you know you ain't got no skills, you ain't got no resources. Yeah, and then two hundred bucks, what does that do for you? It gets you a, maybe a couple nights in a momo and some dope. Yeah, you know. So now they got these programs, you know, that that are helping you. You know, they they'll assist you with uh, medical, uh, ID, uh, job placement, and after you finish the the class, you know, those, the time, because you got like a year funding from, from the state. After that, mm -hmm. they try to help you, house you, you know. So they do a lot of good. And we went to the DMV, and I was getting my ID, and the girl knows because we all got vouchers for our IDs we're not paying for them. So she's like, oh, you're part of uh, Amity? And yeah. So you just get out? Yeah. You know, naturally, how many times you did? 26 years. I tell you, I got my driver's license. Can I get it? And I go, I know the number. She goes, you know, you got a license number after so long. I said, yeah. So I spit it to her, and it popped up. I was on the computer. She goes, you know what? It's right here. You know, I'm going to give it to you. Damn. Damn. And also, I got my driver's license and my ID. Damn, that was cool. So I walked around with a couple months driver's license with no car, though, you know. Yeah. I had the bike, though. You were legal as fuck on that bike, though, huh? You yeah. can't pull over and you give him an ID. Yeah, you give him a driver's do, license. I was doing hand signals, all that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I remember you I remember you were saying, like, man, it's kind of rough right now, bro. You know what I mean? I'm on a bike during the rain. And, oh, yeah. You know? You know, and for, I'm not going to lie. For a split second, you know, the I thought I'll just borrow a quick from the homie, do a couple of hollers, buy a car. You know, I, for a split second, though, because then the positive soft talk came in and said, like, you know, I can't do that, you know, because it ain't going to stop there, you know. I'm going to, well, I'll do a couple more hollers and get this, and then a couple more hollers and get that, you know. So I just said, you know what, I got to stick with this, you know. I can't quit. Let's go, baby. Let's go. You know, I, I look at uh, in our individual lives, man, we all have a toolbox, right? Yeah. We have a toolbox always reach into and grab what we need to whatever's in front of us to fix a situation right and a lot of cats when they open up that toolbox you know there's just probably just a gun in there or maybe a knife right yeah you know maybe it's just a syringe I, you feel what i'm saying like all three of those were in mine 
<laughs> yeah, you know, um, but you said that the self-taught, the self-help, self-taught, correct me, um, and that these are programs that the state of California that you were in before you got out or you were in also when you... Yeah, I was in... They created these programs in prison to help inmates to get a better hold of themselves, to know themselves better, to give us coping skills. Because, you know, I go to board and uh, I tell them, I don't know what coping skills are. You know, when I killed this dude, I was just pissed. You know, I was mad. I go, I don't have coping skills for that. My coping skill was to release the, release the anger, you know, and violence. So they created um, classes like anger management, uh, even like CGA, criminal gang anonymous, because some dudes get, you know, addicted to gang banging, you know, and they had all these classes. So I started taking these classes, you know, and uh, started learning, you know, like, okay, you know, if I get mad, you know, uh, not to take it personal. Like, say you yell at me, you know, back in the day, oh, that's disrespectful, he's yelling at me. You yeah, know, you yeah. know, we took it right away as disrespect. Yeah. But nowadays, I, like, maybe homie's having a bad day. Yeah, It's not personal, you know, he's not yelling at me personally. He's just venting, you know, and... I had to look at it like that. Because I had a celly, man. He went to the hole like 10 times, you know, and he had all kinds of stickings. And he goes to board and they ask him, hey, why you got all these assaults? And I'm like, well, they're disrespecting me. So the commissioner told me, man, you get disrespected a lot, you know, because he had, you know, he had a grip. Yeah. But it's just that that's the way we looked at it because we didn't have no coping skills, you know. So now we do, you know, and now I use them, you know, I have to. You know, because I'm in society and, and, and they don't, um, <clears throat> you know, so many people don't think like I do or, or don't live a life like, you know. I got bumped the other day on the sidewalk. Dude, like, straight bumped me, homie. And I I turned around and looked like, you know, what the fuck, you know. And he just kept walking because he was texting. Yeah. But my first thought was, like, you going to say Spencer, you know. You know, that was my first thought. But he kept walking. When I turned and looked at him, um, I seen him that he was just like, you know, he just bumped and kept, you know, he was texting. So I was just like, for him, that's like an everyday thing. You know, it was, he didn't see no wrong in that. He didn't, he was so, he was so just like. Involved in his phone. Involved in his phone that he maybe didn't realize that he bumped somebody, right, bro. Right, right. That's and, crazy, and, bro. And, and the coping skills that I got, I realized that, you know. And I like checked myself like, hey, you know what, this dude don't even know what he did, you know. Talk about the disconnect that we have time that we live in and that's including myself too bro you know how many <clears throat> fucking accidents i've almost been in or i have been in over a freaking phone bro <clears throat> you yeah. know damn man or sometimes i feel guilty i'll be on my phone so much trying to make something happen this that bop 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 and i got two little girls right there that are begging for my attention bro shit is horrible bro horrible person bro you know no, but you're a good dad no i'm a good dad bro but you know we re we reflect you know what i mean and and you know we live in this thing that we call a glass house, bro, you know? I mean, I will never, I will always, you know, be true to myself and never fake the funk right here right, in front of a camera, right. bro. You know, like, shit, we're all faulted, you know? And the first step into correcting that faultness is admitting to it, you know, facing it and being like, shit, you know? These conversations are good to have, too. Yeah, you know, like, when I got out, I'm thinking, you know, I'm gonna do me, you know? I'm gonna do what I wanna do. I'm gonna just, you know, enjoy myself. You know, and uh, I got a grandson. I've never met him till I got out, you know. He's, he's, but he just turned 13, so I, I didn't know him. And um, he'll call me, you know. He'll be like, hey, Grandpa, what you doing? I said, oh, I'm at work. 
and he'll be like, oh, okay. And I'm like, well, what's up? What you want? You know, what you want to do? And he'll tell me, hey, come over and watch some wrestling. <laughs> so I'll be like, all right, I'll be there, you know? Yeah. You know, to spend some time with him, you know? And I'll be there. We put on a fucking mascara and shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Show up in some tantarans. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't go that far, obviously. You know? <laughs> okay, my bad, bro. You know, but yeah, you know, and I'll kick it with him because I realized, like, you know, because at first he, I would tell him, I love you. He wouldn't tell me that. He'd just, like, look at me. He'd be like, all right, Grandpa. He's like, I don't know you. Right. Yeah. You know, and uh, now when I tell him, hey, I love you, he'll say, like, you know, I love you, Grandpa. Like, all right, you know? So, you know, I, I spend time with him. You know, that's, like, priority. Like, if he calls me and tells me, hey, come over. I'll, all right, I'll be over there, you know? I try to spend as much time as I could with him. But I'm working, you know, so I get my only day off is Sunday today, you know? And I'm here because I, I believe this, this podcast is a fucking positive outlet. You know, it, it allows us to, to tell our stories because people look at us and just look at us like homies. You know, tatted up. Oh, he's a gang member. Oh, he's a criminal. You know, but they don't know our story. You know, and after I did the first interview, I had people coming up to me like, "Hey, man, that was you on the podcast." Like, "Oh yeah." He goes, "Hey, man." He goes, "You know, I was working with him for a while." He goes, "Man, I didn't even." think that about you, you know, because I wore long sleeves and all that. And he goes, man, I didn't even think you went through all that, you know? Goes, yeah, well, you know. I go, but it's just a good outlet to let other people know. And then maybe reach out to to a youngster that, you know, because there's a lot of youngsters out there that don't got no no schooling. They don't got older brothers that been there and could tell them, you know, or older homies that lead them right, you know? And maybe they hear a story, one of the stories that come out of here and, hey, you know what? They can change, you know, because, you know, we're the guys you have here are hardened, you know. You know, most of the dudes you got here, you know. And I'm not trying to uh, puff myself up, but, you know, I was a killer, huh? you know, I was a killer, criminal, serial robber, drug addict, you know. I've been there, you know, and I've done that and I lived that. And now I'm changing, you know. And now I'm able to, like, through this positive outlet, let people know that change is possible, you know. I go to school, I work. You know, it's, I do uh, groups because I, I work at a at an outlet for a outpatient clinic. You know, for, we have we run groups with in dudes that just freshly get out, and we're telling them like, hey, things are positive. You know, you could change. You know, it's hard beginning step by step, but you're not gonna go from A to Z overnight. You gotta go through A, B, C, D to get there. You know, it's like when we're we're banging. You gotta put in the work. You wanna get your name out there. So that's what I'm doing. I'm putting in the work, you know, going to school, working, and just trying to act right, you know? That's amazing, bro. Amazing. This is amazing, man. Um, and what better, what better to have, like these guys getting out, right? What better to have than somebody that's been there and done that, you know, to have them? You know, you're counseling these young men, older yeah. men, right? Yeah. Any any interesting stories while you've been doing this and individuals that you've come across that maybe kind of gave you a little bit of hard time or? Well, there was one you know, that or, or, you know, he but, wouldn't open up. Okay. You know, he wouldn't open up. And started hearing me and I started talking to him and all that. And he, he told me like, hey, you know, I, I like you because I can relate to you. What you're telling me, you know. I can relate to that. And he was like having problems getting his ID 
and he was feeling hopeless. And he was telling me like, and he said this, he goes, you know what, I'd rather be back in prison. He goes, because I don't have to pay rent and I get free clothing, food, you know. And I told him, you know what, man? I go, check this out, brother. I go, all of us in here, because it was a group of us, the most valuable thing we have is our freedom. We're out here, you know? I go, it's not gonna be easy. You know, you gotta do this. I go, that's when I told him, look, man, I rode a bike, I walked, I took the bus. I go, you know, I go, but it takes step by step. I go, once you think you got it, like, you know, you got an apartment, you got a car, and I could look at you and say like, fuck, homie, you got it going on. But you got a whole new set of bills, you know, house bill, insurance, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I go, it's always gonna be like that. And I was telling him, it's gonna be like that, bro, you know. Once you get to the level you think you want to be at, you're going to have, you know, obstacles there too. So he just looked at it, and then some other dudes were like, yeah, I was like that, you know. And uh, he started to realize, then he told me after, hey, man, I appreciate that, you know. I could relate to what you were saying. Because we've been there. Yeah. What do you think the, what do you think the percentage of individuals that come out from long stretches are maybe the percentage in your sessions, your groups that you have? Uh, like the ones that make it and don't make it. Well, Stanford University did a did a a, a survey, did an exam on it, and um, this is what helped us us lifers. They did an exam of 300, 300 lifers, and they followed them, you know. And out of those three hundred, only three came back. Wow. Two of them nonviolent. One of them like a domestic violent thing. Yeah. So it was proven that less than 1% of inmates that do a long stretch, like you said, 25 years or more, don't come back, you know? And um, it, since it was proven, then they started to look at three strikers different, you know? Yeah. Now, you know, with the um, Prop 57, uh, nonviolent law, and then uh, they came out with uh, elderly parole, which is like, if you got, if you're 50 years old and have 25 years in, now you're able to go to board like every year, you know? That's like, what you got too, right? Yeah, that's yeah, what I got. Pro. I, remember, I remember you saying that, yeah. I was able to go to board, you know? Because now it's like, oh, you go to board in seven years. Oh, you go to board in 10 years, you know? Now you're able to go every year. And these things helped us get out, you know, a lot of us. And uh, I told the board, you know, like uh, in my closing statement, you know, I didn't have nothing written. And I told him, I feel it's my responsibility to make it out here and, and, and be responsible for the next lifer that goes to board. Yeah. Because then it's going to look bad. Like, oh, my God, all these lifers coming back. Why should we let you out, you know? So that's why, you know, I'm, I don't just do it for myself because I do it for the next man. Like this here, you know, I'm hoping I can reach somebody through your outlet that maybe can get something out of what I say. 100%. 100%. Um. Can so you, let's let's. Can you turn his mic up real quick? Okay. Turn his mic up. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Um, okay, I turned his mic up. I think he's just not totally talking. Yeah. There you go. That All right. right. Yeah. Um, what's a what's a so since you've been on the podcast, I mean, what 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 uh, what leaps and bounds have you made? You know that that is, has changed, or you know significantly in regards to your everyday life? Like, is there anything that sticks out to your... Yeah. I go to East L.A. College. I had this girl come up to me. She goes, hey, uh, 
were you on that podcast? I seen this podcast. Uh, were you ever on Hoodstocks? And I told her, yeah, I was on it. She was, oh, is that you? And then she pulled it out on her phone. This is you? And I said, yeah. So she goes, you know what? Um, she was all about uh, incarceration, you know? She's an advocate. advocate. Yeah, she's yeah. an advocate for that. So she was saying, I don't, I don't think it's it's a good uh, podcast. It promotes um, it promotes gang activity. It promotes uh, illegal activities. So I tell her, hold up, hold up. I go, I go, I don't know what podcast you're looking at, but it wasn't Hoodstocks. So she goes, well, break it down to me. So I said, okay. And I started telling her. I go, you know, this is a positive outlet for because we're able to reach more people through you through your outlet. You know, more people are be able to hear us. I go, that just you and me. If I'm talking to you, you're the only one that's hearing me. But if I'm on Hoodstocks, you know, he has all his followers listening. I go, and it's about change. I go, if you were listening, then it was about change. It's not we're not glorifying, you know, because we didn't glorify what I did, what I've done, what I've been through. I go, the glory is in the fact that I've changed. I go, and that's the story we're getting out there because most people see us, like I told you earlier, most people see us as just gang members, drug addicts, or criminals. And they'll look at us and they'll say, the judges already said, oh, yeah, he's going back. You know what I think clips, sometimes when I clip stuff up, and I'll and I'll clip up maybe say you're telling us I clipped a lot of stuff up that, that you uh, that you said on the on the podcast and which people don't understand is in order for one man to tell his story he's got to tell the dark times you know? right. he's got to tell the way he was once living so I can t- I can clip up a part of you telling how you were living at one point in time and then people will you know assume right away that. This man is glorifying that lifestyle. But in order for you to really understand it is you've had to been following Hoodstocks for X amount of time and understand that there's a beginning and an end to the story. And usually the ending to these these type of stories are 100% all positive. Now, don't get it twisted. Sometimes we have cats on here. It's not their time yet, you right. know, and I know it. When they're coming on, I know. I said, you know what? It's not their time yet, but maybe... We'll circle back to another interview at a different chapter in the man's life, and you'll get a hope. You know what I mean? Yeah. On me, you know, a change and a, a better story. You know, um, and so I get it. There's people out there that, that watch clips or maybe watch certain podcasts and be like, "Man, they're glorifying. They're glorifying not to snitch." You know, my mom, your mom, and everyone's mom glorified not to snitch when you're a kid. They used to say nobody likes a tattletale. Right. You know, like, oh, but since the guy with the tattoos is saying that now, oh, it's gangs, gang membership. No, it's just like you know, you if you if you having Thanksgiving one year, how many snitches do you want sitting at that fucking table? You know. Nobody wants that. The regular person doesn't want that. They don't want all the, everybody. Oh, this dude is a bona fide snitch. This that. But I mean, anyways, I'm not trying to get on that, but I'm just saying I'm speaking in in general, like. But I I changed her point of view. That's at good. The end of brother. the conversation, and I told her. Did she watch your whole interview? Yeah, I asked her that. Yeah. And that no, she goes, oh, I watched a little bit, and then I had to do something, and then I came back to it. You know, yeah, so so. When we talked for a bit, for a minute, you know, and I told her everything, and then I told her, uh, I go, I go, 
where are we at right now? You and I. She goes, oh, at school? What school? East LA College. College, right? Yeah. Yeah. I go, what am I doing in college? Yeah, you didn't meet me. We're not at a bar right now. Right. <laughs> you know? And I told her, see, I got books just like you do. I go, you know, the difference between you and me is maybe I have tattoos and I lived a, a different yeah. life. But we're both in college. We're both taking classes. And I was, we were talking and she's like, you know what, man? She goes, hey, you know what? It was nice to see you, man. It was nice to talk to you. She goes, you know what? I'm going to start looking at hood, hood stocks more and listen to the stories, you know? Sometimes cats get on here, bro, and I I really, really, I, bro, starting this, I never wanted to glorify gangs. I wanted to, I wanted to glorify change. Right, that's you know, what I told her. Change, that, that's been the objective since the beginning, you know? Share your, I've had Christian dudes on, I said this the other day, I had a Christian dude on here one day, and he's like, lucky, I just want to talk about my, where I'm, how I'm living now. And I said, bro, that's not what Hoodstocks is about, bro. And, and I know it might be, it might pain you a little bit to go back into your past that you might feel that it's so far away from who you are now. But, bro, in order for people to understand and get the full message, I don't want you to tell them you're a Christian in the beginning, bro. All right. I want them to 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 hear the story, take the journey, and then know at the end of the podcast. He wanted to start the podcast. Hey, I'm a Christian, brother. Blah, blah, blah. No, bro, we're not doing it like that. Because as soon as you do that, a lot of these guys are going to tune out, bro. Right. They're going to tune out. If you start off Bible banging on them, these dudes are going to tune out. So in, in order to engage with them, you need to start in the mud. Yeah. Slowly climb out to the light. Give them, and, give and, them something that they know and they've been and they hold on to that. And so if you take somebody through that journey, and so during that journey, they'll be like, oh, shit, I've been through that too. Oh, exactly. shit, this OG is crazy, man, bop, bop, bop. Now they got a newfound respect for you. And then when you get to the end of the story, Bible bang all you want if that's what it is, you know? Because now I guarantee you if you spit some scriptures at them and you spit this and that, they will hear that a whole different way, bro. Right. And that's just facts. That's big facts right there. It's the way it's it's the way the, the 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 human mind. I mean, this is street science right here, baby. We're breaking it down to you and you know in sections first, you know, and uh, I, I believe that that is the recipe for people to really take in uh, take in the story, understand the story, respect the story, and then you know yep. take, hold on to maybe some of the goodness that you're going to give at the end of the exactly story. Yeah, you know, just change and take something good from that. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent, especially the. You know, if he did it, I could do it. You know, because that's the way I look at it. You know, if I could do it, you could do it. You know, and and we're all we're all we're all cut from the same cloth. You know, we've all been done time. We're all gang members. We're all criminals, and we're all succeeding, like you said, in our own in our own way, our, our own, own way, our own pace. Right, right. Our own journey. A lot of them are similar, but they all have their own identity. You know. Yeah. And that's and they're important. You know, there's we've I know sometimes we might stray away from, you know, the, 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 the solid messages that I want put out there, you know. Right. It is what it is, though. You know, the, the, the streets, you know, it's a dysfunctional bunch. Um, you never know what's going <laughs> to arise, you know, and sometimes I'm right here taking the ride with the dude. You know, I'm like, yeah. oh, shit, we doing this. Okay, well, this is 
this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do, you know? Yeah. And this is the, it's the reality of the streets. It's the realness of this podcast. Nothing is scripted. You know, we don't talk about it before. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, shit, homie, look a little, he came in a little sideways. You know, we're going to see how this goes. Yeah. You know, or sometimes, like you said, that dude bumps you. Sometimes the dudes bump me here on the podcast, not in the physical, you know, but, yeah. in, in, you know, and, and, and I'll take it. I'll take. I'll be like, oh, shit, my bad, dog. Okay, so, you know, what you really mean are, you feel what I'm saying? Right. Like, I'm not here to rattle the cage, uh, you know, Shake the boat, <laughs> you know? That, that's why in my first interview, I told you, hey, I ain't fabricating nothing. Everything I told you was true was on the record. This way, it doesn't bring a bad shade to the hoodstocks. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, they keep it real. You know, they're telling you straight up, you know? I mean, as real as you can, you know? I don't want ever want, I don't ever want anybody to, you know, walk out of the studio and <laughs> blur. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we just heard that, motherfucker. Get your ass in these cuffs real quick. Uh, you know, but um, it's the it's you know it's the art of telling a story and knowing how to navigate through it, and uh, you did very well, bro. I think you have like a hundred k on on that first interview. Amazing, amazing, amazing interview. It was tense too, bro. You had me tense, bro. You were real. Uh, probably one of the most tense interviews that I've done has been with you, bro. You know, and I was just like, damn, this dude, the real deal, and um, the, and the way you tell your story, you tell it. Like you said, you were gonna say it, bro. You weren't gonna fabricate it. You gonna tell it directly, and uh, and I felt it, bro. And I, and everybody else, those those frequencies uh, resonate through these airways, bro, because everybody felt that as well, man. And uh, that was a powerful, great story. And so just so you're still in a halfway house. Yeah, I'm in a sober living sober home. living home. How is how is living in a sober living home? It's good. It's um, you, you know, it's like. Living on, on your own, you, you just got a, another man living with you. But, you know. Are they rooms? Yeah. There's, it, where I live, it's like a three-bedroom house. And um, it's three of us in, in the front room. It's me. I'm still on a fucking bum bed up on top. Damn, homie, I ain't never been up on the top, you know. It's <laughs> always so like, hey, homie, that's you up there. You yeah, know? yeah. You know, I'm on the top. Got a roommate down here and another roommate over here. Then we got the bathroom. And then we have another room. And it's Pep's. And another homie. Yeah. Then we got the, you know, the living room, the dining room, the kitchen, and then there's another room, and there's three other dudes over there. But we hardly ever see each other because we're all working. You know, we're all trying to get our lives on track, you know. So I work, Pep works, you know. I get up at 3. Wow. I work at UPS in the morning. Nice. My, my, my Sally, my roommate, he gets up at 6. He's gone. So when I come back from work, he's gone, you know. Yeah. And the other guy works graveyard, so he's not there. Uh, Pep, Sally. Yeah, the only one there is Peps. Yeah, you know, and uh, he's getting ready to go to work. So when he's getting ready, I'm already getting dressed. Sometimes he's not even there yet; he's already gone. I get dressed, and I go to my other job. You know, so we're like how many? How many jobs you got? Two. You got two jobs. I work UPS in the morning, like four in the morning to like eight, eight thirty, and then uh, I'll go straight to the pad right there in Hunt Park, shower, change, and then go to uh, Huntington Park. I work at a place called Detour uh, Behavioral Health. It's an outpatient clinic for for inmate, you know, inmates, for guys that just get out pre-release. And I work there for eight hours, and I go back to the pad. Wow, it's like a was a twelve-hour day of work hours, and then yeah. everything in between. That's a long yeah. day, bro. And then I'll be having school in like two weeks. How you going? <laughs> 
Got to do it, homie. Ain't enough hours in the day for you, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I got to do this, you know. Man. Can't stop, won't stop. Feels good, huh? We do this. There you go, baby. <laughs> Hell yeah, we direct that energy. That's right. We direct that energy, baby. How's it working at UPS? It's good. Um, I got a fucking five dollar raise, you know, because we were gonna go on strike. Mm, yeah. And um, they were saying that if we go on strike, it'll be the most costly strike ever because if we go on strike for at least ten days, UPS will lose like seven billion. Yeah. So. They went to the negotiation table, and they came out with a with a new agreement, new contract, and uh, I'll be going like from sixteen dollars an hour to twenty one. Damn! But it's like four hours in Chinga, almost four straight hours of work. Yeah, and, yeah, nonstop. You know, that's like my little workout because I'm, you know, I'm hauling boxes and stuff. You know. Yeah. So, so it's good. You know, I work straight four hours. I, you know, it doesn't bother me. You know, I like it. You know. Yeah. And then. Uh, Go to my other job there, I can kick it, sit down, relax, type out notes and stuff, you know? UPS got all the little hainitas working right there, too. Uh. I don't know none. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, I, I've worked at, uh, I worked at the UPS in Compton. I was, I was for electric, I was doing my trade, my union, and uh, we'd be there when all the workers were there, bro, and it was a live bunch right yeah, there. Oh yeah, I just want to put the food in the microwave right there. They're pissed at me, bro. I took I t I brought in tilapia one time for lunch, and the UPS had the little uh, the little lunch room with the yeah. machines and a couple microwaves, and I went in there, you know, and I threw that <laughs> threw the fish in the microwave room, and it stunk that bitch up. So we in Compton, so there were some big old black girls looking at me like. You motherfucker! Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then my coworker, he he was like a little white hipster dude. And he looked at me and he said, I just can't believe he did that. <laughs> and, and it was funny because he was so disgusted with me, bro. And I'm always clowning on him. And for once, I felt fucking smaller than him, bro. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was funny, bro. But when we worked there, it was a live bunch, bro. And I was like, man, these guys are having fun right here. I've seen them exchanging numbers, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, There's only one girl that works on the where I work at. Yeah. You know, and she's cool. You know, she's married and stuff. She's cool. I, you know, hey, hi, hi, that's it. Yeah, you got to go to Compton, bro. Compton, man. They gotta, it's, a, it's a club right there, bro. <laughs> it's a club right there. Um, And then so, okay, that's cool, bro. And $21, $21 an hour is, is freaking nice chunk of change at the yeah. end of the week, I can, I can imagine. Um, And so, you, so you, I mean, how does it work in that, in the, in that house? Like, does, we all like have cooking? Chores. Yeah, we all yeah. have chores. Um, there's a couple of guys that clean. The kitchen, the living room, dining room. One guy cleans the bathroom. You know, I clean. I, I do the outside yard. You know, I, I do. I mow the, the back, the front yard, and the backyard. You know, I make sure that's clean. And we all got our own uh, chore. You know, own thing to do to keep the house up. You know. Yeah, and everybody handles their business, huh? Yeah, and you know, we all sell lived. You know, so we know keep the bed <clears throat> clean. You know, and and we do. We keep it clean. You know, pep. Thank God, fucking Pep, he makes breakfast every morning for me and him, you know? Oh, okay. You know, yeah, so yeah. I go, I get to the pad and I have my plate in the microwave. Uh, and then sometimes when you don't, I call him, hey, homie, how can you make breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got me used to this shit, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, everybody's like, just runs runs smooth. That's nice, man. How, does, it, how does the refrigerator space work in that? Uh... We got like three refrigerators in there. Oh, you have three? Yeah, so like me and Pep got one. 
And then there's two two brothers and, and another one. They got one. And then another couple guys got another fridge. Ah, okay. Because I was like, damn, there's how many of you guys in there? Nine of you guys sharing one fridge? I, I couldn't imagine. No, it was just like there's three of them. Oh, okay, okay. That's crazy. You guys hit Costco? You guys load up on the Costco since you guys got your own fridge? Oh, no. I've never even been to Costco. I've been to Costco once with my daughter. Uh, and then I, the dude came up to me and, like, like put his hands on me to check my receipt, you know, like, hey, hey what you? and I like, get off me, fool, you know, and my daughter's like, oh, no, hey, dad, you got to show him the receipt, you know? I was like, oh, I didn't know that, you know? So I showed him a receipt, and he's like, oh, okay, go ahead. You know? Did he put a little smiley face on it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's just like, oh, okay, you know? But, uh, yeah, we, we, we running smooth in there. Everybody gets along, you know? Were you living with brothers now? Yeah. Yeah. You know, a couple of homies are there, OGs. You know, Pep, his roommate, OGs, you know? We're all, we all go to meetings, you know, NA, AA. You know, we stay positive in there. Amazing, yeah. And so the your second job, how did you get that job? Through Peps. Through Peps. And what exactly is it? It's a drug counseling. Okay. The guy needed a the director needed a someone that was bilingual. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he asked Pep, "Hey, you know anybody?" Pep goes, "Yeah, I have a friend. You know, he's a registered counselor." He goes, "Call him up." So he called me up. Told me, "Hey, you want a job?" I said, "Yeah." So I went down there, the dude told me, you know, I told me I read, speak, and write Spanish, you know? And uh, so like, oh, that's good. So I had to go do a, since I'm working with dudes that are just out, that are still connected to CDC, because you know, the monitors and stuff. Yeah. I had to do a background check, you know, I had to go do a whole screening, because it's gonna go to CDC to uh, approve it. Yeah. So I'm, that's what I'm waiting for right now. But I run groups, you know, I do uh, individual sessions, you know, English, Spanish, because you got some dudes that are paisas, you know? Yeah. So I'll, I'll be the one to talk to them in Spanish, you know, and then I, I'll take notes. I'll write the notes, you know, of what the, of how the session went, what he's going through, and uh, what we can do to help him. Wow. You know? And so how did you become a registered uh, counselor? Was that through ELAC? Yeah, that's what I'm taking. I'm taking an addiction course, you know, because uh, <clears throat> I started taking it in uh, Calipatra. No, in uh, Ironwood. Started taking the classes over there, addiction classes through uh, through Palo Verde College. Okay. You know, because I was like, I started thinking, I was like, how can this little drug, you know, like take over a motherfucker's life, you know? Yeah. Like mine, especially, dictate dictate everything I did, you know? This is first, then I'll do whatever else I have to do. And I started studying and I started taking classes. And when I got to Amity, when I got out, went to that transition home. The director there told me, hey, you know what? They're opening up a addiction course in East Valley College. He goes, I'm gonna enroll you in it. He goes, do the do the course, get certified. He goes, and I'll hire you right here at Amity. So I was like, cool. So I started doing it. And I've been doing it. And I, right now I'm doing my, uh, I got two more classes. I have my intern, which is outpatient clinic, and then I gotta do an inpatient clinic. And then I take my test for the state of California to get certified as a counselor. Hey, baby. Yeah. Damn. So I could help the next man, you know, that's struggling with addiction, you know? Hey, so so what is the answer? How does that little that little drug control you? That little drug controls you because it it's deceiving. It makes you think 
that you're in control. Because, I mean, I told my wife a million times, you know, I got this under control. I got this, you know. You know, I can stop when I want. I should tell her all the time. I stop whenever I want to. She'll say, well, how come you haven't stopped? I said, because I don't want to yet. You know, but it was, the fact was is that it didn't let me stop. It let me think I was in control. But in reality, it was in control. Mm. Yeah. Because you know, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't do nothing without it. You know, uh, if we leave somewhere, I got to make sure I got my, my head in with me. You know. Yeah, you had to, you had to wake up. Yeah. To wake up, baby. Yeah. Damn. Addiction, man. Yeah, that's a hard thing. Yeah, bro. It's man. I've been through so much addiction in my life, and you made it out. Look at you. Yeah, yeah. It just it, I, it really it really I lose a I, right now. I'm just kind of like losing a, a lost a lost words right now. Just thinking about it because it's so deep and it's so heavy. And if you've never fought an addiction, a, a real addiction that that you had to use first in order to function. Right. Um, and, and at the time, we're blind to it, you know? Yeah. Or we just, ah, you know, like you were saying, bro, like, ah, kick this shit any time, you know what I mean? This is yeah. just what I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, my daughter, when my wife was pregnant, the first daughter, I thought, once the baby's born, I'm, I'm stopping. Four years later, my other daughter's born. Hey, once the baby's born, I'm stopping. You know, I couldn't stop. You know, stop having just, babies because of your ass. You know, yeah, you know, I was just like, you know, it it just controls you, you know, and it's and it's just a little bit of fucking powder, or whatever the case may be, a rock or whatever. You know, it's just that's it. You know, that's that's you right there, and that was me. You know, uh, for 32 years. Congratulations, brother, on overcoming and paying it forward now with yeah. uh, the work that you're doing, man. You you see that that's that's the the career choice. That's what you will do yeah. for the rest of your remaining years on yeah. this planet. You will pay it forward, and you're going to help the next man. As best I can. How does that make you feel? It gives me a little bit, makes me feel a little bit like redeemed, like I redeemed myself, you know, like... Everything I did, everything I went through, well, I could use that to help the next man, you know? And uh, I feel like I'm doing good, you know? Because I've done bad all my life. It's easy, you know? It's, like I tell the dudes, it's hard to do good, you know? And uh, sometimes I feel like I'm getting stepped on, you know? And I feel like, you know, sometimes I get that mindset, like, you know, fuck this, you know? I'm handle mine now, you know? Because I feel like, I'm being a good guy, so they're like stepping on me. You know what I mean? I, it's, but it's just me thinking that, you know? And it's like, oh, this motherfucker got over, man. I didn't do nothing. Oh, hell no. But that's the old me, you know? So I've got to realize, like, hey, this is the way it is. Sometimes you just got to go through it, and, you know? And the old you will forever be there, but it's it's containing right. your old self. Like, he's that the old sleep is always going to be there. Right. You know, but as you grow and you evolve and you strengthen up, you level up. Now, you know, you have the knowledge, 
you have a different type of strength to push that guy yeah. back in his pocket. Yeah. That's what I do. Calm your ass down, it, you know? Yeah. Because it's, it, you know, once he's out, you know, it's easy to be that, you know, to, to do that because that's what I've been doing. You know, it's used to, used to that. But I got to just like, no, I can't do that no more. You know, it, I got to live my life like this, you know. Like, I look at you and I'm like, man, fuck you, you know. Man, you live a good life, you know, like, you know, you're a good dude, you know. I'm a good and, dude, bro. Man. Right, you know. And Even though homegirl at East L.A. College thinks I'm a bad guy. Yeah, bro. you know. <laughs> but it was Brenda. You know, we were we were in the fucking riot together. Yeah, we you know, were. We were in the riot together in, in the county, in the wayside. We were, bro. You know? Yeah, 95, 1995. I was 18 years old, straight from juvenile halls, East Lake, bro. Yeah. And, and you know, the craziest ride I've ever been in my life, bro. You know, you're doing it, though. You're doing something positive, you know? And it's like, you could do it, I could do it, you know? I just got to try harder because maybe I, I have to take more steps. Like you said, I have to take more steps to get there. Yeah. But, you know, you don't stop. You know, I was never a quitter, so I had to uh, keep going. Well, I started making my change in my in my late 30s. You started making your change in your late 50s. Yeah. Is that safe to say? Correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Accurate? Yeah. So... <laughs> And, and but he had a he had he was on a different uh, he was on a he was on a different playing field in regards to the time that was put in his lap. So you know maybe if he didn't have that much time, you know who knows. Yeah. Who knows yeah. what? But maybe you, you know. I could, you know, maybe this was meant to be for you to do that time, bro. right? Because I could have probably been dead by now. Yeah, exactly. You know, doing a robbery, boom, boom, boom. You know, whatever the case may be, you know, overdose or whatever. You know, I I feel like. Like you said, you know, this is the time I'm supposed to have done, you know, to actually open my eyes and start thinking like like a grown-up, in other words, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause, a grown-up, bro. You know? How, what do you, how do you feel when you're going down the street, you're driving down the street in that fly-ass Mazda, shout out to Joe, um, and um, you see, like, veteranos on the, on the guys, you know, strung out, doing bad, bro? I mean, what what what? what yeah. That, what do that, you think when you see them dudes, man? You know, at first, like, it makes me feel bad, like, fuck, you know, because, uh, you know, the first thing I do, and, and not to sound selfish, the first thing I say to myself, like, thank God I didn't get that far, you know? Yeah, homeless, right? Yeah, homeless and all that, you yeah. know? And, you know, there were a couple of times, like, I seen this dude, he, I was right down Soto and Whittier because I'm going to work, and he's coming to my car with a squeegee and everything. I thought, hey, homie, nah, nah, hey, homie, I'm good, I'm good. You know, don't, you know he was wanted to wipe the car, but I gave him some money anyway. Yeah. Here, you know, and uh, he's like, all right. So when I told the story to a camarada, he told me like, why'd you give him money? I go, cause at least he had the, at least he's trying to hustle for his, you know. He's not trying to steal or nothing. He's trying to earn it. Yeah, he's trying you know? to wash the windows, bro. You gotta right. give him that. Yeah. I'll feel that. So you know, that's why I just don't, don't, you know, don't do it. But I gave him some money anyway. You know, speaking of giving, I wanted to give you this hat right here, bro. And uh, I wanted That's to give right. you this shirt right hey, here. Hey, I won't get jumped. They won't think, hey, where you from? I said, <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll see Hoodstocks. They'll be like, oh, shit. And then we got the uh, we got the street veteran right here, oh, baby. Oh, that's right. That's street right. Street veteran. These are for the OGs. Yeah, I'm going like to wear you, this. my G. I'm going to wear this tomorrow. Yeah, brother. Yeah, doggy. Um, you know, I was thinking about sometimes maybe us, Hoodstocks platform as a whole, um, kind of like just uh, swerving in our lane, right? Right. Crossing, crossing the the lines on the freeway, so to speak. Can't think of a better analogy, so I apologize. Um, and sometimes we do that, but I feel like sometimes we do that is when we're having like just too many rappers on, 
and 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 we're 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 just partying here and having a good time and talking shit, right? Because if you can tune into one of those, then you just be like, man, these motherfucking no good motherfuckers, bop bop bop. Like especially if they don't know the background, maybe of myself or the the platform's background. Yeah. Um, but our bread and butter has always been having individuals like yourself, like myself, like K9, like a lot of these other young men, older men on this platform that have shared their journeys, you know, and that are doing well now. You know, that has that that has always been the bread of the butter, bread and butter of the of the platform. But, you know, we can't always have those lined up back to back. Right. You know? So sometimes we we try to like, you know, we try to throw an alley oop to one of these rappers, bro. You know? And I hold them so accountable sometimes. You know? I'll be like, hey bro, you know what I mean? If you if you you know you want you talking about the, good, the goodness of the community and and ba 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 and whoop de whoop whoop. Then why are you talking about fucking drugs in your rap music, bro? Like I, right. I I've gotten that one homie like that, and I've said a couple other things, you know. Um, and that's why I try not to have a lot of rappers on here, bro, because I can get a little the definition of what we do here can get a little blurred, yeah, right? You get know, a little blurred exactly. Yeah, fogged up. And and, and so. But that's just me too trying to support the community of of these guys that are you know pursuing music, bro. A lot of these youngsters listen to rap. Yeah, these youngsters. Yeah, so you know, but if I could not have any rappers and just have dudes like you and just heartfelt stories, men, women that have been through some things in life, and now they're trying to do better. If we can help them do better, if we can connect some, connect some dots in the background, bro, 100%, bro. Right, That's right. all we would do, bro. But, like, I know, was honored when you called me, told me if I want to come back. I even got all fucking excited. I told Pep, hey, Pep, I only called me told me to go back over there. He goes, what? I said, yeah, he told me to go back to fucking this dog. Is that right? I said, yeah. He goes, you going? I said, hell yeah. <laughs> Anytime tight. the homie called me, anytime I could come in here and contribute, I'm doing it, you know? Absolutely. I go. This, this is a positive thing here, you know, and and uh, I, I, I'm I'm fucking happy that I'm able to be part of it, you know. Absolutely. Do my man. little part, you know. To. I think your part, your little part, is a huge part, bro. I'm telling you, man. Uh, individuals like yourself are the most powerful testimonies that we've had on this platform, and these are the, the your stories are like it, it was a nest. These are the golden eggs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like a hundred percent, bro. Like <clears throat> we value and and the numbers show for itself too. You know, the community, the audience, they gravitate to stories. And that's what I always wanted to do. Like you said earlier, you know, like you said earlier, bro. Hey, you know, if people see this tatted up dude at the supermarket, they're going to think the worst, bro. You know, right. but if you watch Hoodstocks and maybe you've seen that tatted up dude that was on Hoodstocks, you have a better understanding of where he came from, why he looks like this. And, and what he's doing now, which doesn't reflect what the exterior looks like. Exactly. Right? Dude's got a union job. He's taking care of his family. He's got a clothing line. I mean, he's an entrepreneur, bro. I mean, he's fucking, uh, he's giving back. He's paying it forward. He's, he's a counselor, certified counselor, drug counselor. I mean, man, I, I, I love the state of California in the sense of their rehabilitation and the next level that they are doing in the state. And a lot of people talk shit about, 
Gavin Newsom and this and that, and they probably have plenty of right too. But in regards to uh, CDC R, the R, right, rehabilitation and what the state is offering, cats that have been down a hard road, if it's a lifer, whatever the situation might, might be, man, we have so many we, we, the guys come out, they have an opportunity. Right. They have programs, and they're putting them in. They're putting them in the, it seems like they're putting them in the right places for them to succeed, opposed to maybe the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, where they just threw you out back on the streets, exactly. bro. And I've been there. They threw me out on back in 80. You know, here's your 200, see you later. You know, and, and I never thought I'd say this, but I give props to the CDCR. Also, like you said, because they're implementing a gang of programs to help inmates, to educate them, you know, before they even get out. And we didn't have that before. We have all these programs and resources that and, um, these inmates are taking advantage of. I was, when I went to Ironwood, like most of, let's see, like 20% were all going to college. Gang of homies, you know, all taking college classes. When they give the college books out, there'd be a big old long line, a lot of homies. You know, there's a lot of dudes going to school. Sick. You know, and back then it wasn't, you know. Hell no. You know, and, and I was like, wow, that's good. You know, this is a good uh, opportunity right here. And they're helping us now, you know. And uh, they got all these uh, transitional homes now where you get out. You know, you get out. You know, some dudes don't got family. So when they get out, what are they going to do? You know, they don't got nowhere to go. Yeah, no support system. So they got these transitional housings where they have groups in there and they start helping you to decompress and transition back into society because it's not like um it's like when we're in the shoe and we get out and we go to a yard and this yard's like what the fuck you know because you're not used to used to being in the shoe you know like like when they broke down uh pelican bay finally you know and they let everybody out you know they they had a Within the prison system, decompressed, you know, because they're used to a one-set program. Now they're going back to yard, you know, got more freedom, and now they got to get used to that, you know. So it's, you know, it's not a. I give props to CDCR for that because they're they're starting to help, like you said, Gavin Newsom. I mean, everybody's starting to. I think they're doing amazing things for for just convicts, drug addicts. You know, they they're really going above and beyond with the rehabilitation. Hats off to you guys. Um, I want to do this. I want to take a break. I want to take a break. I want to run this uh, second ad, and then I want to open up the phone line. You mind taking a couple yeah, phone calls together? No problem, yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Let's take a break, guys. We'll be right back, and then we're going to open up the phone line. Hoodstocks Podcast is also brought to you by Origin Bakery Equipment, your one-stop shop for all your bakery and equipment, restaurant equipment needs. Home based to wholesale commercial bakeries, new and used equipment. Check it out. Follow them on Instagram at Origin Bakery Equipment LLC. Or you can pull up on them in the city of South Omani at 10441 Rush Street. Peep game. If you need commercial bakery equipment, these are our guys, and now these are your guys for the best prices. Hey, tap in. Hoodstocks Podcast is also brought to you by Apish OG. Apish OG. Apish OG. Everybody say it with me. Apish OG. Follow them on Instagram at Apish underscore 
OG. You can buy it at OG Nation in the city of Maywood. Come get your flower edibles. One-stop shop for all your needs. Yes, sir. Hoodstocks Podcast is brought to you by Lux Tattoos. No, it's not me. It's Lux. Lux Tattoos. I don't tattoo, but Lux Tattoos. Follow them on Instagram at Lux L-U-X-X underscore tattoos underscore. Hey, a lot of these cats have gone Hollywood. They were raised in a holy, beautiful home, structured with all the beautiful things. Man, tattoos originates from the streets, so make sure you get tattooed from somebody that's from the streets. Lux Tattoos. Love you guys. We out. Real shit. Check one, two, one, two, baby. We back. We can open up this phone line right now. You guys want to call in, call in. We'll talk to the triple OG right here. He's here for you. He made time for us. Bam, there goes right there. Let's go. Bam, bam. Hey, you're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Yo, what's up, homie? This is Charlie from, uh, I'm calling from right here from Mexicali, homie, from Mexico. What's up, baby? What's up, man? I just want to show love to your, to your podcast, homie. Much love. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, Charlie. Yeah, yeah. Much love, homie. That's it. Have a good day. All right, brother. You too. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Say what's up, Hawk. Hello. Yo, what up, buddy? Hey, is this Lucky? Yes, sir. Hey, brother. My name is Blanco from Siete Nueve, bro, Colorado. Just want to give a shout out to all the homies that are going through the struggle, bro. I'm blessed, you know, and hopefully one of these times I could, you know, tell about my stories and whatnot, bro. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Bro, you out of Colorado, bro? We love we love to have a, a homie from Colorado come in, bro. And uh yeah, give us give us the lay of that land, bro, and share your story. hundred percent, brother. Hit me up in uh yeah, hit me up at Lucky Sun Zoo on Instagram, hit my DM, bro, and we'll fucking connect, brother. All right? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Amen. And you about to be easy. Uh, you as well, brother. All right. All right, Doug. You're on Hoodstocks, talk to us. Hey, fuck you, Lucky. I love you too, baby. <laughs> Blow me a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it? <laughs> okay. You owe me a kiss then, fucker. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, so um, what is uh, – no call ID. You guys got to call with your number, dog. No call ID. Answer, bro. Um, Like, what do you do? Like, so you're working so much, bro. You're working fucking mad hours. And that's the best way to stay out of trouble. Program time. This is the real program time out here. This dude doing the program, program time. Staying busy. Staying busy. You know, if you if you leave a dude up to his own demise, his demons, the demons going to creep back in and be like, sleepy. They say the worst, worst coming for an addict is by himself. Yeah, bro. You know, once that mind starts going. You get a case of the fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and fuck everything up, bro. Exactly. Yeah, dog. We don't need that. We don't want nope. the old sleepy back, man. Nope. Be all it's bad. Gone. Be all. You get the old sleepy back. Be all bad for you youngsters, man. Yeah. Old man, come down and put it down on your little young asses. Yep. <laughs> Believe me. Hell yeah. You be giving the homegirls little piggyback rides and shit. Be like, oh shit, sleepy back on. Look at you got no <laughs> piggyback rides. Um, what is what do you do, brother? When um, all dumb jokes aside, uh. When you're when you have you said Sunday's your only time off. Yeah. Okay. So besides family, we know spending time with your grandson is is your thing. Um, but like, what brings you joy outside of work and what you're doing? I go to. I have a good friend of mine. His name is Albert, and uh, I'll kick it with him. I, I got my uh, my homeboy. He's been my my best friend for like fifty years. Damn. That's where I came from right now. Oh. His name is Ruben. I came from him, and uh, we kick it, you know. Me and Albert watched Dodger games. Uh, he took me to the Dodger game when they gave out the rings, yeah. championship rings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just, like, like looking at everything, like everything was new to me. You know, it wasn't Dodger Stadium I knew. Yeah. You know, you couldn't even walk around the whole stadium. You, if you're in the outfield, you're staying out there. Now you can, like, walk around the whole stadium. And, you know, I was just, like, looking at everything. And uh, I kick it with him. You know, and Elbert's, he was, like, telling me, he like, he ran it down to me and told me, look, Hector, man, right now, you're in this spot. He was takes baby steps. And he started to tell me, like, now you're going to do this, and then you're going to do that, you know, right now. And he told me, he goes, you know what, I, he goes, I'm, I'm proud of you, and I give you my respects that. He goes, I admire the fact that I'm riding the bike when it was raining and all that. He goes, and you're getting up and you're riding your bike 3 in the morning, and you're going to work, you know, you're doing it. He goes, but, you know. Little by little, I mean, next thing you know, you'll get a car. The next thing you know, you'll be able to do this, you know. And, like, what he was saying has been going down, you know. And uh, I just, like, that's right, you know. And I kick it with him, you know. He's he's laid back. And I just, that's where I can, like, relax. You know? Yeah. How does it feel to be positive in your life for once in your life for being in such a negative mind state and just surroundings for so many years would, you, would it be safe to say that you're at a very peaceful place in your life? Right. Yeah. And how does that feel? Does that feel abnormal, bro? It does feels it... good. Huh? Yeah. It feels good when, when I'm able to, like, when I tell someone, give somebody advice, like, or I tell them, look, try to school them, you know, and they tell me, like, 
hey, gracias. You know, hey, man, you know what? Thank you for that. You know, or hey, you know what you told me? I did it, and it turned out the way you said. Hey, thank you. You know, and I feel like that's my reward. You know, that I'm able to. You know, because there was nobody there. You know, my brother was there, but his schooling was all negative. Like you said, don't snitch, don't talk to cops. You know, all that. Yeah, that's the schooling I got. You know, which I I needed, but now I'm able to give positive advice, you know? Yeah. I'm not giving no negative advice anymore. Like, hey, you know, when you get this, wrap it up or over there, you know, none of that. I'm straight up. Beautiful. Trying to help, you know, like actually now I'm like, I'm trying to help the next man. Hell yeah, dog. Your hood stocks, talk to us. What's good, what's good? It's Chell from West Alongo. What up, Shout out to Lucky, to the homeboy and shit, you know? Thank you, Have brother. a good Sunday and shit, you know what I mean? Gracias. Thank you, All brother. right, you guys have a good one, huh? You too, brother. Much love, All buddy. right, gracias. Yes, sir. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. It is Johnny from El Monte. Shout out to you, OGs. Uh, love the story, homie. Thank uh, you. Just wanted, to see, just wanted to see if you guys can give me a piece of advice. I know you guys you know, probably experienced compared to you know me. I'm 23 years old. Um, so my wife's boyfriend doesn't want to have sex with me anymore. Uh, what should I do? <laughs> Try wearing some sexy underwear, homie. That's good advice, bro. Yeah. Lace. Wear my underwear backwards? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take them off your head, fucker. Clowning around All too right. much, dog. <laughs> All right. Thank Appreciate you, bro. you, my boy. Good, good shit. Advice. Yes, I love sir. you. Lucky. I'll see you, you tonight. <laughs> oh man Fucking perfect Sunday phone call he had that shit laid out good right? yeah, he, did. he had to be prepared on yeah I didn't know I was the boyfriend bro <laughs> turns out <laughs> covers are pulled I gave advice to my own boyfriend <laughs> oh, fucking fuck. guys man I love these guys when they call in like that and that's that's a that's just something bro that that those are the floodgates that we opened up. I opened up from the beginning, bro. Like, yeah. bro, call in, talk your shit, have a good time. This isn't a fucking, this isn't we on the fucking level four yard. Even when I was on level four yard, I still clown, bro. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Straight up, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, like, this ain't no fucking high power fucking. Everything serial. Southside podcast. Yeah. Like, nah, bro, I'm a regular dude, bro. Like, I go to the beach. I like skateboarding, bro. Like, fuck, dog. I love fucking, I like heavy metal, rock music, punk music, rap. I mean, I love everything. Like, the type of dude that I am, bro, I, I am a well, like, my range is, is big, bro. And, and I'm just saying, bro, this isn't, and I know sometimes we put ourselves in a box. Our guests that we have help us get further in that box sometimes, you yeah. know what I mean? With the subculture genre of, of these, this side of the streets. But at the end of the day, bro, like we're very, like this platform, believe it or not, we are, we're versatile thinkers, bro. We're, right. we're open to, we're open to a lot of different narratives, so to speak, right? But we have our principles and our morals that we stand on. But, but 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 when you speak on those principles and morals that you might stand on, then people are saying, oh, that's gang shit. That's gang shit. It's like, nah, dog, that's not gang shit. I mean, you have to have a foundation that you stand on. Right. You can't, not all money is good money, and you can't bite on any bait that's on the fucking hook. Right, exactly. You not know? all money is good money. Yeah, bro, like... And but when you when you so when you put some of these things out there and which is not good to do, bro. I mean, 
because I'm not here to to school the masses, right? right? I'm not here, but you know, sometimes we speak on on what we believe in, and and it turns people away, bro, because they're like, oh no, that's gang shit. Fuck that. You know, he's trying to, you know, indoctrinate me into this you know, gotta, world that he lives in or yeah, something. But you know, they gotta understand. You know, the the listeners, they gotta understand that our foundation was built on gang shit, criminal stuff. You know, that's that's where our foundation was built on, but. We're changing it, you know. That's yeah. what they, you know. If you if you listen to the podcast, like you say, you know, then you see, okay, well, it changed, you know. Yeah, that that was our beliefs back then, but we believe this now, you know. Yeah, and that's and that's just to do better in life, but right. but the but there's still principles and morals that are still there, you know. They're there, and, and without thinking about doing it, you still. You still stand on that foundation, so to speak, and it's and I don't believe that it is representing gang stuff. Right, right. It's just it's just re- representing a, a solid foundation that will give you longevity in life, and it will keep you away from fucking funny people and you getting involved in funny stuff, bro. Right. Because there's enough funny bunnies around here doing some stupid ass shit, bro, just for clout. How you guys say it now, or just for likes and all this other stuff, bro. Like. I'm not with it, bro. No. And if I was with it, bro, I'd be gossiping about all this other shit, even though I've reacted to a couple things in the recent time, bro. But at the end of the day, you guys know for a fact that I leave all that stuff alone. You know, I'm not fucking speaking on the latest gossip that's going around the Internet. Like, no, I don't do that. I never wanted to do that. Once in a while, I might react to a something I heard, which was in recent time. You guys know what I'm talking about. But that's it. When was the last time that I reacted to anything else? Right. Shit. I mean, you know, and to be honest, and this is my opinion, but from what I have seen, you know, sometimes social media is a lot more dangerous than than podcasts. You it's know, very they, dangerous, people, reckless, bro. Yeah, people. Yeah, they be hurting people. You know, through social media. Fucking assholes, bro. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? I've had a couple of dudes, bro, like just fucking popping off at me, bop, 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 whoop, whoop, whoop. And I know the camp they're out of are people they mess with, bro. And it's like, homie, I'm not going back and forth with you on these comments, bro. You know, and and I've I only one time I reached out to the camp. I said, hey, bro, is this your boy right here, bro? Hey, ch- dog. I mean, I'm not saying beat the dude up or anything. Not that I would have any weight of saying that and having them do that because I don't, right? But out of out of common courtesy and respect, if one of my boys, bro, are popping off at one of your boys, bro, and we good, bro, you best believe I'm gonna holler at one of my my boys and be like, yeah. hey, dog, what's wrong with you, dog? Ah, oh, dog, I didn't like the post that he put. Fuck that post. Who gives a fuck about that post? Exactly. Have you ever met the man in person? No, but I just don't like him. Okay. You know, it's like... It's weird, bro. Like when someone says something wrong and they'll start calling him, fire him, fire him from his job. You know, he said something wrong. Ooh. Or he said something he believed in. Oh, fire him, fire him, you know? And it's like, wow, you know? Like they tell me, hey, get on Facebook. I ain't on Facebook. I don't do no Snapchat. I don't do none of that. I don't tweet or none of that. I just <laughs> you don't tweet. I don't do none of that. It's called X now, actually. Oh, okay, I'm not with none of that. I haven't it. I haven't Let's get this next phone call right here. You haven't? You're not Xing. You're on Hoodstock. Sending talk out to us. X's. I'm still. Lucky. <laughs> what up, doggy? I like Twitter more. What's that? Thank you for that, my daddy. Mwah. Fucking guys, bro. So, that dude um, that's in your com in your DM. It's that voice. It. Hey, homie, it's that voice, homie. I'm telling you. 
Hey, bro. That's a smooth-ass voice you got right there, homie. Shit. It's just pulling the wrong gender. <laughs> <laughs> it's pulling the wrong gender, bro. It's not working I don't right get now. no females trying to holler at me in the DM, bro. But there'll be some weird-ass dudes in there. Hey, papi. I mean, you looking like a fucking Puerto Rican model and shit, dog. You know what I mean? And I'm like, hey. You're not the only one. <laughs> K9, talk about it. Let, let K9 get right there real quick. Come on, K9, get over here. But turn that mic on. Come sit right here. Come, Come sit, sit right, right there, K9, K9 baby. Fucking, I would get fucking What's up, K Nizzle? How you doing, baby? Talk on the mic, please. He's talking to the can, bro. Talking to the can. How you doing, K9? Is this? Are your mic on, bro? There you go. There you oh, go. Sir. Now it's on. Hello. Yeah. What is this? Uh, did you just go to the store right now? No, to the vending machine. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we got vending machines up in here. Baby. Yeah, bro. Well, you would think they'll be in the DMs, but fuck no, shit. You saying you got a lot of dudes in your DMs? <laughs> crazy, pretty much. Yeah. And they call you Poppy, like how they call Lucky. Bro, and then like all the dudes that like, like that um. Say that, oh, you have a nice car. It's not even chicks. It's all dudes. <laughs> it's all dudes dudes love Hellcats. That's why. It's crazy. Yeah, do you get a lot of you get a lot of looks for uh, chicks in your in your Hellcat? Fuck no, nothing. It's just all dudes, all, all dudes wet. Like, you, yeah, oh, wish I could get a ride in that. Yeah. Can you piss the gas? <laughs> Can you piss the gas? How's everything going, K9? Good, yeah, good, baby? Good, bro. Just chilling, you know. Doing your thing, do you? Hell yeah. What you think the OG back, baby? It's cool, man. Hell yeah. Welcome back. He's always yeah. the best yeah. ones right here, dog. Yeah. We got the triple OGs pulling up on us, bro. Yeah. They got the best stories, bro. Hell yeah. They got the best stories because they've been through some crazy ass shit, especially when you get these OGs that are, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, bro. Hey, I was thinking, I bet he, he told are... Pimps, hey, they called me back, not you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna have uh, one with we're both with both of them. Yeah, the but we're gonna bring Peps back because Peps is Peps Peps has been on this plat, uh, podcast. My OG homie right there, and uh, he is no longer on parole. Nope. I mean, how long? Did, let me ask you a question, bro. So, when do you? I mean, when does your lease run out at one of these halfway houses or sober living homes? Well, most transitional homes. Is a year. You get a year funding from the state. So they figure by within a year, you should be kind of situated. After that, <clears throat> excuse me, after that, like my funding for the year, now I went to a sober living home. Sober living home, you're on your own. You know, you, you pay your own rent, buy your own food, you know, you wash your own clothes. All that are you you're not monitored at all or not? Not N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. You're not. You're not. I don't know uh, what the fuck you just did, sir. Independent. Uh, yeah, you're independent. You, I think it's you're a not monitored. You know, like you said. Yeah. And you know, you clean up after yourself. Um, you're not funded, so you, it's just all you, and the guys there are all on the same page, and uh, the parole officer. You know, and then it helps when you go to, for your parole release. You know, they see that. You're not being. You're not in a house, a transitional home where you're still being funded, and everything's taken care of for you. Yeah. Now you're being independent. You're living in a sober living home, and you're doing your. You know, you're paying your own way, and they look at that as like, okay, well, then he's good, because that's one of the things they. You know, they, 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 they check when you go for parole release to see if you're already 
independent. See if you're already on your own. You know, see, because if you're still being funded, it's like you're not going nowhere. You know, I'm rather stay right here. You're still getting chichi. You know. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, <laughs> and so and so since you're in this independent type of home, you can stay there as long as you want. Yeah. Oh shit, that's nice, bro. So there's no pressure. There's no pressure of like, man, if I don't, cause it, bro, it's it's expensive, bro, yeah. to live in the city, bro. Yeah, I mean, that's why there's so many so many dudes are homeless, and the and the and the drug situation is gentrification, bro. Before the, at least at least there'd be a handful of fools that have a crib in the neighborhood where all these dudes can pile up at shower, eat, and at some maintain themselves on drugs somehow, some way. But now that they're on the streets and nobody has. The traps, the dope houses, bro. Yeah. Like, man, They're now we got gone. the tents, bro. And and that's probably fucking up, prolonging their, how, how to say it? Um, well, let's say this, shortening their existence in life. They got all these RVs pulling up, just five, six RVs, all homeless people in there, you know? I look at that and I'm just like, you know, sometimes you're like, man, I can't be like that. I'd, I'd pick up a gun. If it was to be either homeless, you know, like that, I'd pick up a gun. I'm going to do my thing, you know, than to live like that. You know, I can't do that. Is there any programs that they offer, uh, you know, lifers like yourself, ex-lifers like yourself, or just individuals that, you know, that are coming out the system? Like, obviously they got the type of housing you got, which can be as long as you want? Yeah. long as you want? There's a guy there that's been there like 10 years. Oh, shit. Well, there it is there then. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. You know, and... Um, it's like five different Christmas trees right there at Christmas, huh? Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I'm... My plan is, you know, be there a couple of years just to save to get an apartment, you know, get my own place, you know? And uh, Pepsi even said, hey, why don't we get a place? Yeah, 100%. I go, well, you, I told him, you're crying about living with a man, and you're asking me to move in with you? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here, Pep? Yeah. <laughs> I go, you know, but, you know, it's hard. You know, like, there's an apartment down the street, and we're, that's that's the hood right there, 1850. And I'm yeah. like, damn. How are we going to afford that? Yeah, you know? Yeah. That's like, like you said, it's really expensive. Like, Maybe you guys save up and buy a house or something, like a Droops, condo or something. Like how Droops was saying, man, I had to spend like $14,000 just to furnish my apartment. Remember when Droops was saying that the last time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and he has a good job. Yeah, it's expensive, bro. It's uh, I made good money with my union uh, trade job, and it's it's still expensive, bro. Like you need two incomes of good money to really be able to live well. I mean, middle class isn't middle class anymore. It's, it's ah, oh, man, I don't even know. Didn't they say like the low low income in Los Angeles is like eighty eighty thousand dollars or something? Yeah, that's low income. You got yeah. houses. You got houses in the hood, right there, Highland Park, Cypress Park, Lincoln, a million million plus. I know. That's what they want for them. I know. I hope that changes. I don't know if that's going to change. I haven't looked into it. I have no I mean, information. It seems like it's a, it's probably at a ceiling. Like how much higher could houses go? I mean, let's see. I mean, that's why the interest rates are so high. But yeah, we keep saying that, but then everything keeps going up. You know? Yeah. Imagine you know, every California. Every time you think it's a ceiling, and then every time you just see the market continue to climb, 
I've been waiting for the market to drop for like the last five years, six years, man. And it still ain't dropping. It's crazy. And in Orange County, it's wild. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, hopefully. I, and I always say this too, uh, amongst like uh, my my union brothers. I'm like, man, we building up the city, but we can't afford to live in the city. I said, why don't they offer the dudes that are in construction union jobs that are building up the city some type of, I don't know, maybe like some type of rebate or some type of like housing spot, maybe a bunch of condos where, you know, these dudes can get a lower rate or something. I don't know. I'm just saying like the the, the hardworking dudes that are building these buildings and houses, man, they can't even afford to live in them, man. It just... It, it well, really they, they got this program where if they built these high-rise condos and all that, there's a certain amount of them. Like, say the building has 100 condos, like 20, 25 got to be for low income. Okay. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You have to, yeah, you just have to know, though, and apply for them. Yeah, you got to know and apply for them. You got to be yeah. in the loop of that shit. Huh? Yeah. yeah, so they really do, like, they, like, basically cut, like, the rent in half for most most places. I know there's a building a lot of in Glendale, so look in Glendale because I know there's. But you don't have the same. You get to live there, but you don't have the access like upstairs to the pool or to the. Gym. No, you do. No, you, you do? do. Yeah, you get the whole. Yeah, you live there oh, just okay. like everybody else. No, yeah, you live there just like everybody else. You can use all the amenities. They don't take ride. the elevator. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta hit the yeah. stairs. All the low income motherfuckers are in the stairs. <laughs> That's a cold Fuck. shot right there. <laughs> No hot water. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. That'd be crazy. So since you've been out for a year, you were down for 26 years. You were sentenced to 105 years to life. Um, you got out on elderly parole. They and, said if anyone after 25 years is still in here and they're in their 50s, you said, uh, they, they every year they get a board hearing. So you, you got out from, from that. So be, what I'm getting at is you've been out for a year I probably asked you this in the previous interview, but I want to ask you this again because there's there's some months have passed by that you've been able to, you know, really uh, get a feel for these streets and this new world that we live in. Um, how do you feel about it? You know, this new world that we live in. You know, the, just everything that's going on. It's it's uh, it reminds me like of New York. It's fast paced. Everybody's got to go somewhere in a hurry. You know, and everybody's just like. Like on the show on TV, you know, when people are just going in Chinga. Yeah. You know, this is a fast pace, everything, you know, and it trips me out because, like, nobody, like you say, nobody has time to relax no more. You know, they're always doing something. You know, even like, even like the mom, you know, weekends she's taking the kids to soccer or baseball, you know, and she ain't got no time to rest. And it's like, man, everybody's, you know, everybody's just doing something. Like fast pace, you know. Not it wasn't like that before, you know. But it's like you say, it's a different time now. You ever feel like uh, after getting off parole and you kind of really just you have a foundation underneath your feet in regards to you know the, the counselor, uh, registered counselor. You know, you have all the your schooling done with. I mean, do you see yourself living in California for the remain the remainder of your years? Yeah. Yeah, you don't ever see yourself leaving anywhere else. Can't can't go nowhere else. No, why not? I think California's got the best weather. Yeah, you know we ain't got no fucking hurricanes, you know, <laughs> tornadoes. I they had one in Montebello. Everybody was shocked. 
Yeah, it was just like a little fucking yeah, you know? windy yeah. thing. <laughs> Didn't it like rip the roof off of a building or it something? Did, yeah. I mean, we get earthquakes, but that's like once every so often, you know? The yeah. big one's coming, they always say. Yeah, they always say. The but The big I, one's coming. But there's nowhere else that you can be at, say, Highland Park. 45 minutes, you're at the beach. 45 minutes this way, you're at the mountains in the snow. Yeah. The you desert. Know, 45 yeah. minutes this way, you're in the desert. Yeah. No, nowhere else you can do that. You know, and born and raised, baby, so I stays. Yeah, 100%. Sometimes I I, I fantasize. I, I guess it would be kind of like, I guess it would be like fantasizing about just living in a, a, a rural area. You know what I mean? Like maybe like Texas or something like that and have a lot of land and, but but that but then again at the end of the day like, you know I wouldn't know nobody out there you know and who knows maybe it stick out like a sore thumb I don't know I just you you think about different things but sometimes I just think about maybe taking, you know my family somewhere. It takes a lot of courage to go somewhere where you don't know nobody. Yeah. And plant yourself there and it's like now you got to introduce yourself to you know your neighbors or whoever yeah. and you don't like. You don't know the program. You know? Yeah, the program, exactly. And there's a program, too. Yeah. Like, you go to Texas or you go to, like, in Oklahoma. Or I'm just throwing out some random states, but I'm just saying, like, they, there's a program. There's a program, you know? And, and, and it's and don't it, be colored. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know why, but Texas always sticks out in my mind because everyone just talks about how maybe it's Joe Rogan that did this to me. You know, Joe Rogan moved everybody out to fucking Texas and shit. And I love Joe Rogan. The boy's the God podcast king right there. And I was, I've was i been listening to him even before I even thought about starting a podcast. But, you know, he he took everybody out there. And uh, they they talk about how great it is out there. Yeah, he's got the Mothership Comedy Store out there. Yeah, you know, but I'm going to road trip there one day. Yeah, I think van. that's what we got to do. We got a road trip. We got a road trip. We're still working on the van. Uh, vans are expensive. We're trying to get a van, bro. And we've we've had some uh, residuals funds come in to put towards the van, but uh, anyways, I was I was trying to work a deal out with a vehicle that I have and cash and this and that, and it hasn't been really working out. But vans are expensive. And then I was gonna get a couple hoopty vans for the squad, bro. But I was just like, ah, man, I can't do that to the guys. You know what I mean, they as long as a- the AC works, fucking a. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I want the guys to feel good in what they're riding in once we do that. And, and we, we at the same time, we have a, a reliable vehicle, bro. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, you know, yeah. We don't want to go out there in a fucking 1987 <laughs> Dodge fucking whoop-dee caravan, whoop-dee caravan or something, you know? We got to. Then you can go mobile. You get a van, you pull up like at the parks and stuff, go mobile. And then sometimes I think about that too. And I, I'm like, well, we are hood stocks. Um, and. Uh, I don't know. I, I think about everything. I, I think about uh, I, I think about all kinds of different scenarios of how that might work out, you know, if it would work out, yeah. you know. But I think as far it, the more we go into the years of doing this, the more we establish ourselves. Um, exactly. I think I think it would be work out perfectly, you know. But I, you know, it's a every every business adventure is a, it's a climb, it's a journey, and um, and it's an unknown. Yeah, sometimes it's unknown, brother. It's unknown. You know, it can be unknown just walking out of the studio. Yeah. You know? Um, but it is what it is, and that's life, you know? And the big, the biggest risk takers in life are billionaires, millionaires, you know? And so 
you know, we've been taking a risk for five years doing this. All kinds of different characters. And you're still here. And we're still here, yeah. But wow. by the goodness of ourselves and the goodness of everything around us, God, everything, you know, it, knowing that our hearts are pure, you know, our hearts yeah. are pure and we ain't bullshitting and we ain't here trying to, you know, <laughs> destroy the world or fuck up the streets or uh, throw gasoline on little fucking fires that are out there. Um, but it's, it's, this, this has been an absolute great journey, a good, it's been a pleasure doing this, man, especially sitting, being able to sit across individuals like yourself, brother. Um, and I learned something every single time about myself, about life, you know, the value of life is important. Yeah. Because for so long, living life without really giving it a value, life a value, ourselves a value, right? Hoodstocks, invest in yourself, right? It's the whole purpose of this platform is to raise up and, you know, put your money on yourself, bro. We yeah. all stock in the hood, you know? And if we don't, if we don't, pick ourselves up or believe in ourselves or push ourselves to move forward, then shit, you, you don't wait. If you're going to wait for someone else to do that for you, shit, you gonna, they're going to leave you in that tent down the street, bro. Yeah, you know, because uh, for a while, you know, like I had no self-worth, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm just fucking existing, you know? And, you know, when I was in drugs and all that, and, and now I feel like, you know, you know, I could I could do some good, you know? So now I'm living it, you know? Yeah, like bro. Said, you know? What a trip, bro. What a trip. Now you have something to give right. the community opposed to from taking from the community. And I never thought I had that, you know? You're a valuable asset out here, brother. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you, bro. And thank you, bro. Thank you for everything that you're doing. I don't know if these guys tell you thank you, and if they don't, I'll say thank you for them because down the road, they, if they haven't now, they'll turn around and they'll tell you thank you, bro. Yeah. You know, people like you um, sometimes has to go through what they've gone through in order for them we got to go through that fire. Yeah, in order for them to, to pay it forward and be able to help the other guys out, bro. So I just want to thank you, Sleepy, for coming through, brother. Of course, brother, anytime. Really appreciate it. I'm glad that you're uh, you're striving, you're doing great in life, brother. I'm trying, homie. Yeah, and that's all you can do. That's all I can do. Day you know? at a time. Yep. Day at a time, baby. That's And that's that's the part of living, bro. You know, living to the next day. You know, and just stay the course. Right. Keep your head up, baby. That's why when you you, you text me, I said, hell yeah. You know, I'd, I'd love to come back here. You know, get back on the air and give some positivity out, you know, because it's a good thing. You it know, is. if it wasn't, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm cool. I can, you know, I can't, you know. Yeah. But this is a good thing. Absolutely. I mean, it's you, you having cats like you, OGs on you, like yourself, come on this platform, um, you're providing a service, bro. And so we want to thank you for the service that you provided for us today. Yeah. Everybody, give it up for Hector, OG Sleepy, out of Lincoln Heights, changing the narrative. Fuck, man. For doing, the better. For the better, man. Doing great things in life. Giving back. Man, he's counseling dudes now. He's counseling dudes that were like him, his self, his old self. Right. That's amazing, bro. That's amazing right there, man. And you deserve a round of applause, baby. Keep up the great work. Yeah. Anything okay. you want to say out of here, heading out of here? No, I just want to say I'm thank you know, for everybody here, you. I like to hear your voice. You're fucking smooth, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and to all your listeners, you know, for the positive uh, comments that they gave, you know, from the first interview. And uh, I just appreciate all that. You know what, bro? 
I want to tell you guys, if anyone's listening, man, this dude, you got to put this dude in a movie. Because speaking of voices, this dude's got a voice, bro, that when he talks, you listen. You want to <laughs> talk about voice, bro? You got that voice. Like, hey, like you got that voice, bro. Like, uh, a voice that commands ears, bro. And and I think, I don't know if anyone's, has anyone ever told you that? No. Nah. Bro, you got a commanding voice. When you talk, I'm sure a lot of times people stop what they're doing and they listen. Because they did. On, on your first interview, and I know they're doing it now, brother. And so, man, you need to get on some movies, bro. But you need you should probably go and, uh, you know, maybe down the road, bro, you know, visit some schools, different things. T- share your story, bro. Yeah. Do a TED Talk, you know? Just start moving to bigger platforms, higher yeah, levels, bro. Good. This right here is just a plain practice playing field right here. You know, we scrimmaging right here, bro. This is a stepping stone right here. This is here, a huh? stepping stone, bro. I'm telling you, bro, every... Single cat this bunny. This is a stepping stone, bro, for the next bigger platform. Hundred percent. Thank you, I Always give props to fucking hood stocks. Thank you, brother. Everybody get up for sleepy. We are out of here. We will see you Tuesday night, baby. We doing them back to back. We got nothing but bangers coming.